everybody. Welcome to The Kelly O Show. I'm your host, Kelly Alexa. This show is dedicated to inspiring women of all ages to pursue excellence in mind, body, and business. After decades of playing small in my own life and staying in the comfort zone, a couple of years of massive chaos and drama in my personal and my professional life forever changed me for the better. Through some tough lessons, I evolved and I became a stronger and more confident version of myself, fearless and finally, unapologetically myself. I am now designing my life bigger and better than ever before. And most importantly, I'm designing a life on my terms that is full of joy and happiness. And I think that this is something that's been missing for so many women. They're either staying in the comfort zone like I was or they've got a life that looks pretty good on the outside, but it's missing real joy and health and happiness. And that is no bueno. I believe that the future is female. And every week this show is going to bring you incredible interviews and live shows that I hope is going to motivate you to take massive action in your life, to leave the comfort zone and go all in again, to pursue achieving excellence in mind, body, and in business. I hope you enjoy the show and let's dive in. Hey everybody, let's talk about skincare. We've talked certainly about the importance of self-care quite a lot on this show. And what could be a better way to invest in self-care than by getting yourself some of the best skincare on the planet? Now, I have learned a lot since getting my first Botox injection about the importance of medical-grade skincare. There is a world of difference between what you buy in a drugstore, what you buy in a department store, and when you're talking about medical-grade skincare. Now, one of the companies that I use, have used for, gosh, quite a long time, I bought it first at my Botox appointment, is Globiotics. We've actually interviewed the founders on this very show. Check out Globiotics.com. It's probiotic-based, medical-grade skincare. It's exceptional. And we've got a 20% off deal for you. Just use code The Kellyo Show at Globiotics.com, and you'll get 20% off. You're welcome. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Kelly O Show. Today is episode nine of a 10 episode mini series I am doing on my top 10 weight loss mistakes. These are mistakes that I have seen and identified in myself in my first five weeks of working with my new trainer, Alex Mazurko. And For those of you that this might be the first episode you're listening to, number one, just know that this series does not necessarily go in order. You can listen to any of these top 10 lessons in any order. Um, They're all going to to be helpful. And I really do truly believe that's why I'm taking the time um, to record each one of these as an individual episode. Um, I really believe that the vast majority of you ladies out there are going to have most of this material resonate with you. And it should wake you up and I hope save you a lot of time. Because certainly when I recognize some of these things about myself and how impactful it was for me to say, okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that anymore. Um I've referenced this in just about every one of these episodes. I've shared, you know, kind of tongue in cheek that one of the things I'm focusing on is taking the George Costanza approach. Um, to everything in my life, you know, thinking 
and and what that is is if you haven't if you don't know the episode I'm talking about, just do some Googling. If you're if you're too young and you didn't, you know, you didn't grow up in the days of Seinfeld, just Google um, the George Costanza opposite approach and see if you can find it. Um, essentially, this guy was, you know, having no luck in his life and he just kind of threw it to the wind, threw caution to the wind and said, I'm going to do everything in my life, the total opposite of the way I would normally do it and see what happens. And he ended up getting remarkably better results. And I think so many of us get stuck unintentionally, unconsciously in these ruts where we we keep doing the same thing like that saying goes and expecting different results. You know, I've talked about this as well in all of these series and certainly before this, and all of these things apply to me. I'm not lecturing to any of you like I'm I'm coming across as, oh, I've I've conquered all of these. These are all things that I've figured out about myself. But so many of us, and you guys know I've been one of them, so many of us are those people who are complaining, I'm working out all the time, I do all of this, I eat right, I work out and I'm stuck. I've always been this, you know, constantly in this phase of 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, you know, whatever it is, pounds overweight and I just can't get anywhere. And then most of those people, here's the thing, most people that talk that way aren't surrounded by somebody who's going to sit down and go, well, what are you doing differently? Like, what are you doing to change that? Most people who say those types of things, sadly, are surrounded by other people who go, oh my God, I know, me too, right? And that should be a bonus episode about how important it is to surround yourself. I got to write bonus episodes on friends. But yeah, you know, think about it. How many times have you said that or witnessed somebody saying that? You know that they're just surrounded by a bunch of other people who complain and whine and bitch and moan and constantly give up and and yo-yo diet. That's change creates change. And that's my, I think that's what happened after my first five weeks. The, the reason that I'm creating this series, if this is the first one you're listening to, is I had gotten to the point, so we're recording this in 2020, right? Um, when I was finally past a period of about six or seven months where I couldn't work out due to chronic migraines. And that's not an exaggeration. It was six or seven months of my life where I couldn't work. I couldn't work out. It was awful. Um, and obviously in my business world, in my fitness world, in my health, I took many, many steps backwards. Um, I finally saw a neurologist at the beginning of this year. I was able to slowly start transitioning back to working out in February. Um, so by the time March hit, you know, I was back to pretty much feeling myself and I started really focusing on my caloric deficit, watching my macros. I don't think I was necessarily watching macros. I was just counting calories, you know, per what I'd learned from Jordan Syatt, who's brilliant. Um, and I'll link up to his interview in the show notes as well over at the kellyoshow.com. But, you know, I, I'd been, I started dieting really strict, strictly sticking to it, having, you know, one cheat day I was working out. I worked my way back up. I do remember it was in May that I was sharing on my social media. I'm like, yay, I'm back to six days a week. I really had to work my way back up. If you consider when you don't work out really to any consistent degree for six or seven months, you lose a lot of cardio capacity, a lot of strength. So I really had to ease back into it. And furthermore, I'm on uh, medication for preventing migraines that significantly lowers my blood pressure. So, you know, my heart rate does not get up when I train like a normal person. And I have to be very careful not to get lightheaded. So all those things considered, 
I had started working out, training, dieting, and I got to the end of, you know, I think I was in June and I realized like, wow, you know, for the most part of February, March, April, May, and June, five months. I, I remember I was like getting ready to post something on Instagram because pe- somebody had asked me, they said, how's your, how's your diet going? What are your results? And I'm like, um, wow, I don't really have any results. And it was this really big aha moment for me of like, okay, how am I ever going to get out of this? Like I am doing in my mind, all the right things. I am working out. I am watching what I'm eating. I'm eating organic. I'm, uh, you know, taking supplements. I'm focusing on my sleep. I, what else could I be doing here? I'm getting 10,000 steps a day and like WTH. That's when I decided I needed to level up. Like, okay, clearly I'm not able to make the right decisions for myself here. I need an expert and I want an expert and I, I need to make a change. So that's point number one. I want so many of you to start listening to is if you've been that person who's been complaining about being in a plateau and every time I pull this audience on Instagram, over 70 to 80% of you will say you're stuck. You're frustrated. You can't lose weight. You're at a plateau. You've been there for a while but you're not doing anything differently. And this is what my dream is, my why I wake up, why I record the show. I I really want to stir in you something that will make you do what I did at the beginning and hire a trainer and then continue to become more self-aware. Because to me, the big thing that is jumping out about everything is massive self-awareness. The more you can tune into your behaviors, your tendencies, what's held you up in the past and identify these patterns, identify these trends, identify these behaviors, recognize them, understand them, and then fix them. And of course, this applies to your personal life and your business life as well. Okay. This isn't just strictly about fitness. This will be life-changing for you. I truly believe, you know how they say, um, weight loss success is 90% nutrition. Yes. But I'm going to say it's 75% or more behavioral. Like if you can get your brain in the right place, that's what's going to make you get your diet and then your workouts. I think I think the majority of us like working out to some degree. I don't hear from a lot of you that you don't like working out. I think the majority of us struggle with food, how much to eat, how little to eat. Um, we, we might be following erroneous or misinformation out there about foods. Um, we're confused, understandably. And... And we also don't recognize the importance of, we don't recognize the importance of hormones and getting our blood work done and seeing a doctor. I mean, it breaks my heart when I meet somebody and I, and they'll say, I think I'm in perimenopause. I think I have hormones. I think I have this. I think I have Hashimoto's. I think I have adrenal fatigue. And I'm like, well, what is your, you know, are you seeing an integrative doctor? Are you getting blood work done? And they're like, nope. And I said, how long have you been this way? How long have you had no libido? How long have you had an extra 50 pounds on you? How long have you not been able to sleep? How long are you experiencing night sweats? Four years. Ladies, you're going to start hearing me talk a lot more about blood work. The number one thing you can do to start getting the ball rolling, and I'm going to you know, link up and feature um, one of our sponsor partners is Ulta Lab Tests. You've got to get yourself comprehensive hormonal blood work. Don't trust going to your primary care doctor and having them do some blood work 
that they don't even show you what they do. And they'll say, oh, you're in range. You're fine. Just exercise and work out more. And here's some Xanax. That's what a typical doctor is going to do if you're a woman and you go in complaining about weight gain. They'll say, it's that time of life. Just understand it. Accept it. Dye your hair and maybe that'll make you feel better. Don't do that. These can be the best decades of your life. Trust me. I'm 51. I look better and feel better than I have in 25 years. And I'm only at the beginning of getting healthier. I'm constantly, and this is not why I do it. Those of you guys that know me know I'm, I'm not trying to, while if I was, if I was one of those people who's trying to look like I was 20 or trying to compete with 20 or 30 year olds, I'd be lying about my age. I've never once lied about my age. I'm 51 years old. I don't want to look or be mistaken or or try to compete with or go back in time. I love this phase in my life, but I will tell you this. I am constantly mistaken for being anywhere from 35 to 40 years old as opposed to 51. I mean, even the young lady in her 20s who does my nails, we were talking about, you know, the fact that I'd gotten engaged and she's asking about our wedding and I'm like, at my age, I really didn't want it. I, I don't want to do a wedding. You know, Steve and I are just going to get married. It's just going to be the two of us. She's like, what do you mean at your age? And I said, girl, I'm 51 years old. And she's like, what? So people who are young and people who are older mistake me for being a lot younger. I'm not saying that to just brag. I'm saying that to make a point. You can literally get better looking, feel better, function better, and and have more a more active wonderful life as you age versus what people think so keep that in mind and again i encourage you i will link this up in the show notes but you're also going to hear from them a little bit later in the show ulta lab tests does they are a partner of ours i chose them because they're absurdly amazingly extraordinarily i can't use as many adjectives as possible um outstanding at what they do They've got great pricing. They've got the availability for any of you guys to get comprehensive blood work anywhere in the country. We will link it up. I encourage you to make that your first step. Then take that blood work and either use their resources to connect with a doctor who can interpret the blood work for you or go to an integrative medicine doctor where you are. I personally encourage you to stay away from an endocrinologist. I personally encourage you to stay away from asking your OBGYN or your primary care doctor to look at that blood work unless they specialize in women's hormones and providing bioidentical hormonal replacement treatment. That's my opinion. That's my recommendation. Okay. So let's circle this back to our series, our top 10 weight loss tips. Today, we are going to be talking about this idea, and this hits home for me in such a big way. How Well, I hope before I get into this putting off living because we expect perfection in ourselves, um, that's the title of what I'm talking about today. Um, But let me just make sure I wrapped up for those of you that this might be the first episode you're listening to my, my context for this show. So remember I told you I'd started working out. I hired a trainer. I made that big change. You've got to change to make change. My first five weeks of working with Alex Mazurko, my trainer, we turn in every Monday, we turn in this spreadsheet that has all of our macros for the week before. We weigh ourselves every day. We measure ourselves every day. This has been a game changer for me. We turn that in every Monday with before, not before and after, progress photos and measurements. And 
the first four to five weeks, you know, this was also coinciding with me starting a new role at a new company. It was a huge transition for me after working strictly for myself for 10 years, owning my own businesses. So I'd taken on this role that I loved, and um, but I was overwhelmingly busy and dealing with a lot of meetings. My life was just completely different in the blink of an eye. And I was really struggling with fitting in my workouts, really struggling with my workaholic nature, where I tend to work, 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 work. I forget to eat. I tend to snack only, which is a no-no. Um, I... I just get into trouble um, when workaholism Kelly takes the lead. And so each week I was turning in my, my stats and my data and I realized like, damn, I sucked at this. I didn't get my macros in. And, you know, week three, Alex is like, why are you not, you know, getting 30 to 40 grams of fiber? I'm like, what? She's like, that was in the book you were supposed to read in the beginning. I hadn't read through any of the documents. Why? Didn't think I had time. So there were just, there were all of these aha moments I had week after week after week in my first five weeks when I was truthfully, you guys, I was just embarrassed. Here I am paying a trainer, trying to do, you know, I'm taking things up a big step. I'm doing things differently. And I'm paying somebody and literally, unintentionally, of course, not taking advantage of everything I'm paying for. It was the, the dumbest feeling. And the, and I was so embarrassed and I wanted to just kick myself, which of course that's not productive, but I just, I really made, first of all, it was partially not wanting to disappoint Alex. You know, when you, when you hire a coach and you really respect them, you really know in your heart. And I, I did. And I do, I know in my heart, Alex is the right coach for me. She has healed herself in this, to the same degree. She has the same history of the same health issues that I do. I want to encourage you to go follow her, listen to my podcast interview with her. I'll link that up in the show notes as well. Um, She's an exceptional woman. And I know, I know in her hands and with the, the, the input of these level 10 coaches, she's a part of this organization called level 10 coaching that, that she can help me. And here I am paying her and not being fully present, not getting my workouts in, not realizing I had to focus on fiber. Like, what's the point? It just was such a huge, like, I I almost wanted to like virtually slap myself. And so I decided and I made a declaration. And in fact, that's going to be bonus episode three. You'll, You'll understand what that's about later, but that whole point about making a declaration. When I make a declaration, it, it changes everything. And I made a declaration to Alex after five weeks. I was so embarrassed. I said, here's the deal. I have sucked the first five weeks and I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed because I haven't made that much progress. Even though I'm in a reverse diet, you will see that I will make the next five weeks completely different than the first five weeks. And I'm, and I committed to that. So I'm two weeks in and I have made the scale is down. I've lost half inch on in two areas. I feel better. Um, I'm making better decisions in my work life and in, in everything. Um, I'm learning so much. I feel like a different woman. I feel so confident, so empowered, so raring to go. You just have no idea. And it's after I made that declaration, I'm like, here's the deal. The next five weeks, that's it. I'm all in. I'm going to do all the things. I'm going to focus on every single lesson, every piece of instruction Alex gives me. And that's why I decided to share this series with you because 
these changes are making a big difference and they're making a big difference for me permanently. Like I know I I will, I know number one, I'm going to have to remind myself on a lot of these things. I firmly believe that we can make sustainable quasi permanent changes in our life, but old tendencies are going to creep back up, right? You're going to have a tendency to want to binge one day. You're going to have a tendency to want to emotionally eat. It's just the ability. It comes back to that self-awareness I talked about at the beginning of the show. If you can pull yourself back in and go, oh, look what you're doing again, Kelly, you are emotionally eating. That's the key. That's why I believe 75% or more of this weight loss game, this fitness game, this getting an optimal state of optimal health and wellness is 75% in our mind. If we can get our mind in the right place, all the rest is gravy and probably low fat gravy. Okay, let's dive into the subject for today, for this second half of the show. What we're talking about today is not putting off living until you're perfect. And I think many of you are hearing my hearing my statement knowing exactly what I'm talking about. For those of you that don't, here's what I mean. And and those of you that have been following me for a while, you know this has been a major point of weakness for me. And it's something that I made a big some big strides in very recently. I am extremely insecure. I am very self-conscious. I have been that way since I was young. I am that way. Even even everything I just told you guys probably five minutes ago about how I look better and I feel better at this age, there is definitely an air of confidence that I have. But the truth is, deep inside, particularly about my body, I am very, very insecure. My therapist is working with me on this, but the truth is, and I'm fine being completely transparent with you guys because I'd rather use my my hurt and my lessons to help you learn and grow. I think that my incredible insecurity about my body goes back to just my childhood, some things that happened to me in my childhood, and then even things that happened to me in high school years. Um, from, From a romance life perspective, I'll put it this way. I have, for most of my adult life, never been treated well by men. I had a tendency, everybody, I'm just, I'm not exaggerating. People that have known me my whole life can testify that I'm telling the truth. Um, Everyone I ever liked from the time that I was in high school never liked me back. I never had boyfriends. I was always very awkward. Um, I don't think I really became even really remotely attractive until maybe later in high school after my braces came off. I just, I never had anybody. I never... I was always rejected. I I was always rejected. And I began to associate that with my physical appearance. Like it must be that I'm not skinny enough. It must be that my boobs aren't big enough. It must be that I'm too fat. It must be that I'm, my legs are too short. It must be that my thighs are too big. Um, It must be that I have pimples. It must be that my teeth are not crooked enough or white enough. And I really began a lifetime of picking myself apart and thinking I had to be perfect. And this is something I still struggle with. Um, I, you know, I, I, I see every flaw in my body and it's what I'm working on. I'm working on practicing that whole show I did on what you look for, you will find. So it is something number one that I work on. I'm continuing to work on it. I struggle with it and what it has created when when I started to have 
these hormonal changes five years ago or so. Um, I think they started maybe five or six years ago. Actually, I really should look at this timeline because I think I think my hormones really started changing. Hey everybody, let's talk about blood work. You've heard me talk about the importance of getting comprehensive, hormonal focused blood work done since the dawn of time. Our friends at Alta Lab Tests based out in the beautiful state of Arizona where so many great companies are based have the ability to service comprehensive blood work orders at 2,100 different locations across the country. I researched these guys, I've talked to the founder, I've talked to so many people at this organization and they really genuinely care about health and wellness and helping men and women get better health for the long term. This is life-changing stuff, people. I want all of you that have not had comprehensive blood work done to head on over there now. ultalabtest.com forward slash the Kelly O Show. Order your blood work, get your health started in the right direction now. I guess I'm looking at when I started bioidenticals because my hormones started changing for sure when I was going through my divorce and that was 2007. So that was 13 years ago is when my hormones started changing. I don't think I actually got around to starting to see a, an integrative medicine doctor, Dr. Marvin Riska out in Phoenix. I don't think that happened and I'll have to look it up. I think that, you know, I mean, it was years before I, I started seeing him. So I, I, I should maybe put up a timeline of when my hormones started changing, you know, retroactively, I can look back and see. And when I finally got to see a doctor, when I started taking bioidenticals, and then what my, in fact, that really would be a good YouTube video. A lot of people that follow me on YouTube are waiting for me to update them on that. But um, anyway, so yeah, that's, that's been my history. And so when my hormones first started changing when I was going through my divorce, but but then there were certainly phases where as I got close to um, the end of perimenopause, and I could be finished with menopause, I'm not sure, I'd have to ask my doctor, I don't know how they determine when you're finished. But I certainly, he told me a year ago, I had started menopause. So yeah, you guys like, here I am. If you look at me and know me and witness me, you wouldn't go, oh, that's the stereotype of a woman in menopause. It, hormonal imbalance and, and perimenopause and menopause and postmenopause and just aging in general, it's not what it used to be. We have the ability with taking care of our health to make all of that just like a side symptom. So keep that in mind. But all those things considered, I have always, and it's gotten worse in recent years with a lot of the ups and downs I've had and some really horrible experiences that you've heard me reference, um, following the advice of people who touted themselves as experts who sent me in the polar opposite direction, right? So I had a lot of big ups and downs. And I have gotten this very extreme mindset in years past of thinking, and I'm just, you guys, I'm not trying to be melodramatic. I'm not trying to be funny. My mindset was always, I'm gross. I look disgusting. I'm not fitting in the clothes I want to, so I'm not leaving the house. And that really just summarizes how I felt about myself. When I lived in Austin, Texas, and I was training with my trainer, he would constantly say, what are you doing this weekend? And I would say, nothing. And he'd say, why are you not doing anything? You need to meet someone. And my first reaction, 
my doctor said the same thing. He would say, you need stress release. Are you having sex? I'm like, who's going to want to have sex with me right now? I I look disgusting. I don't want to have sex with anybody. I don't want to be naked in front of anybody. That's gross. I need to be better. I need to lose weight first. My whole thought process was I need to be perfect before anyone can look at me or want to date me. And the truth is I really did. I, I, I had decided in 2017, I wanted to meet the love of my life, but the truth is I wanted to lose weight first. I wanted to be perfect first. I thought I had to be perfect because I developed this mindset over all these years of adulthood. And after all these years of being rejected and rejected and left, I mean, I I was married to what I thought was the love of my life in my early 30s. And after one year of marriage, he waited two weeks after our first anniversary to say, I don't love you anymore. Get out of my house. I don't ever want to talk to you again. And oh, by the way, I've been having sex with this redneck slut down in, you know, Peoria, Illinois. And that's who he rejected me for. Like you see how a years and years and years of rejection sends you a message in your brain that puts you in a place where you can't make rational assumptions about yourself. So I've developed this, this, feeling about myself of thinking that everyone views me in the way that in the hypercritical way that I view myself and thinking that if I go to the gym and my sports bra is tight and I have fat hanging over the the top of the bra that pretty much everybody has, whether it's muscle or fat, I think everyone is laughing at me in the gym. I literally walk in and I think everyone's laughing. They're all talking about my sports bra. They're all talking about how tight that these workout pants are at my waist. They're all talking about the fact that you know, this or that. I mean, it's crazy, you guys. It's 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 weird because it's like the rational side to me knows how unreasonable it is, but I'm so deeply insecure about not having my body work the way it used to. I'm so deeply insecure about not being the size that is my normal size. I have gotten to the point in the past, and many of you have told me you're the same way, where you basically stop, you, you, you basically get to a point where you put off living until you lose the weight. And everything, you know, you, some women take it to the extreme where they'll go out and buy all big, huge clothes and only wear baggy sweats. This is, I saw this a lot when I lived in the Midwest. They only wear baggy sweats and sweatshirts. And then some women, you know, like me, just can take it to another extreme of, I didn't have, I, I would, I would just not leave the house. I, I would not go out. Um, sometimes I would buy spanks and I would wear those under clothes, but then I would just feel so uncomfortable in those spanks under those clothes, and I would torture myself and never buy one pair of bigger jeans. And I would have, you know, dietitians or trainers or whatever say, why don't you just you know, buy a couple of pairs of clothes so you look good. And I would be like, oh, that's awful. Because to me, buying some bigger clothes meant you're throwing in the, the, the towel, you're giving up, you're conceding that you can't lose weight, and you're just giving yourself permission to be fat. That's the way I viewed it. Now, recently, Alex was looking through one of my 
feedbacks. I can't, my check-ins and part of her, I was telling her I was having an emotional reaction to, you know, Hey, I got up this morning. I looked in the mirror. I didn't like how my workout clothes fit me. I found myself standing in the mirror, obsessing about how tight my sports bra was around my core. I'm so upset that I'm not in my size eights, blah, blah, blah. And you know, she, here's this young woman who's not even 30 years old. I hope I'm not saying your age incorrectly, Alex, but she's like, Kelly, like, buy yourself a pair of bigger pants. She said, when I was in my phase where I had gained 40 pounds and then I gained another 10 pounds, she's like, I'm five, three. Don't you think that made a big difference on my frame? She said, you know what I did? I had to buy bigger clothes just for a time period because I needed to have something to wear. I needed to have something that I felt comfortable in. She goes, so you have two choices. You can either you know, wear your jeans that fit you, but they feel tight and they make you uncomfortable, or you can damn go well, damn well, go a size up and get over it. Do you think when you walk out on the street, there's a big spotlight on you that says this girl's wearing one size up? Like, it's so silly when you think about it, that we're so, it's kind of like getting on the scale. We're so scared of seeing a number, like that the number means something. And it's like buying a bigger pair of pants Here, let me give you a very specific example, which is why I chose to make this one of the episodes. I have, I don't own a lot of shorts, um, probably just because, okay, I could get into the best shape of my life tomorrow and hit my goal weight. But the thing is like, I'm never going to be, and and this is not something I complain about. I have a a much more uh, Jennifer Lopez body type with boobs. Okay. So I'm curvy on top. I have normally when my hormones are working, I have a very hourglass figure. When my hormones are not working, I have boobs and a butt, but then I'm right now, you know, I'm carrying most of my, my thickness, my extra weight around my core. It's just like a paper, the paper towel effect that they refer to, right? Where you just get, you're thicker around your core. And so I don't have rolls. I'm just thicker around, you know, my core. Luckily, we're losing inches and we're moving in the right direction and I feel good. But the thing is, there's a lot of my clothes that are like jeans, shorts, whatever. And I typically, when I get shorts, I wear Bermuda shorts because I have very muscular legs. I'm never going to be the short shorts girl. Um, I'm never going to have a Gwyneth Paltrow long leg, long skinny leg body. So shorts have never usually been my thing, but I do like Bermuda shorts because I have fantastic lower legs. I actually love my legs, um, but just from a shorts perspective, short shorts, even when I'm at my ideal weight, they just don't flatter my legs because I've inherited my dad's very muscular legs. So I tend to go with Bermudas. So I have like four pairs of Bermuda shorts from Ann Taylor. And you guys, this is how I punished myself the past several years. When I was really making progress. You've heard me reference this when I was in Austin, when I was working with my trainer, Blaine, I was making such great progress the last half of 2017 and the first half of 2018. That year I was making insane progress. It was awesome. Then I shot that all to hell by taking some bad advice from my friend, Amanda and hiring this horrible dietitian. I'm sure she's not horrible for other people. She was horrible for me. Um, I followed advice from this dietitian that I never, ever, 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 ever should have followed. I disagreed with everything she said, but I followed it like a blind idiot. 
and I got fatter and heavier and more out of shape than I have in as long as I can remember. And so I worked with her following her bad advice for the latter half of 2018. And then I remember thinking last year was going to be my comeback year. 2019 was going to be my comeback year. 2019. (laughs) Sometimes I share these stories. They just make me laugh. It's just been a comedy of errors for my life the past three years. And I laugh now, honestly, because I truthfully believe everything in my life is now blossoming because I've come through this test period. Maybe God was just putting me through crazy tests and I'm fine with that. But I I can at least laugh now because it really does. It's been some crazy times in my life the past three years, really crazy times. And I am detached from it because I have, I said to my friend Kelly the other day, I feel like a butterfly who's come out of the cocoon. So yeah, I I rounded in in 2019, thought it was going to be my comeback year. It ended up being the year of migraines because basically, again, the second half of the year was me having chronic headaches, chronic migraines, not being able to work, not being able to get any traction in my business, not being able to work out. And, you know, again, taking three steps back, but to reference, tie this back to the shorts, and then I'm going to wrap this episode up. I promise I had this, I had like three or four pairs of Ann Taylor shorts Bermuda shorts that when I was making that progress, it was the best feeling ever. And ladies, you know what this feels like when you go in your closet and you're like, oh my God, these are too loose. And I ended up buying a size down. Okay. And so when I was working with that dietitian, I remember putting my shorts on and not the size down, but the normal size, they were tight on me. And that was, it was so silly because that was my first time that I started pushing back with her. I'm like, my, my shorts are super tight. They've never been this tight. And she was giving me all this nonsense about why they were tight and keep going, keep eating more, not working out, blah, 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 blah. But my shorts were tight. So I'd gone from having those shorts be too loose and being in a size down to those shorts being skin tight. And I kept following her advice. I went against my gut. My gut was telling me, run from this woman, stop paying her. But I was not strong enough. I hadn't become the opposite of nice isn't nasty version of myself that I am now. I wasn't strong enough to push back to her and say, this isn't right. This is messed up. So all this time, I've still had those same four or five pairs of shorts. I have refused to go out and buy myself any other shorts. And whenever I have worked, like before I hired Alex, I would think, I wonder if my shorts, I wonder if my shorts fit better now. And I would go put those shorts on And those same shorts, not the smaller size, those same shorts, they fit me, but they're tight around my middle because it's my middle area that is going to be the last part to finally fall off. It is my middle area that is the slowest. I have lost half an inch though, but that's where things tend to fit me the most problematically right now is my core. And so I would torture myself. I'd say, I wonder if those shorts fit now. And I go put them on. And all this time, Steve and I would have plans and I would be like, I'd like to just wear shorts. And you know what I do? I'm like, no, I'll just wear jeans because I can wear Spanx under jeans and I'll be comfortable. And I've been doing this for like the last, you know, nine months. Like I'm not comfortable in those shorts. So I don't let myself wear shorts. And, And I just finally had this epiphany over the last week. And in recording these episodes of like, Kelly, 
what are you doing? You should be able to have a pair of shorts. And here's the deal. If you buy the bigger shorts now, you're giving yourself a gift of comfort. You're not giving yourself a hall pass. You're not giving yourself a get out of jail free. You don't have to work. You're going to give up. That's what I thought buying bigger pants was. I, I really changed my mindset around putting off living until you're perfect. Because you know what you do when you only keep your smaller sizes in your closet? Think about this. Every time you go to get dressed becomes you dishing like this massive dose of stress into your life. Because if you walk in your closet and you look at all of your stuff and you're like, I can't fit in that. I can't fit in that. That's too tight. I don't like how that looks. My arms look too fat in that. I don't like that. I don't like that. Well, I guess I'll wear one. There was a time period. And Steve and I were joking about this the other day. I said, do you remember when I was working with Emily and, and all I wore was my blazer and a tank top and jeans because I didn't buy anything else. And that's the only thing that fit me. And he said, yeah, I do. Now he never complained. He's always made me feel like I was perfect. He's never said, God, Kelly, why don't you buy some pants? He's never made me feel like I looked anything but like a playboy bunny from the time he met me to the time that I was with that dietitian to the time that I was having the migraines to now. He's the first person to tell me when he sees changes for the better, but he's never, ever, ever treated me any worse when I was worse. And I have the best man on the planet and I am so grateful for him every second of my life. Um, I don't know how I got him. I don't know how I deserve him, but I am grateful for his presence and his love and his support. You have no idea, but I've changed my mindset. I have realized that I owe it to him just as much as I owe it to me to not have a freaking meltdown every time I go to get dressed for a date. And it started with me buying dresses. I felt better in dresses because I have great legs, even though my arms aren't as ripped as they were, they're on their way, but I do feel good. Most people will like notice my arms and go, oh my God, you must work out. And I, my first reaction is, well, they're not as buff as they used to be, or I still have too much fat on them, but I've stopped, I've stopped doing that. Like I'm on my way. I'm going to accept myself where I am right now. I'm going to love myself and respect myself and encourage myself and believe in myself versus berating myself and discouraging myself and picking myself apart. Because let me tie this back to everything I've said in all of these other episodes. With all of these traits and behaviors and trends that I've shared in these, in these episodes, ladies, what I say to myself is, okay, if you've been doing that for all these years, beating yourself up, picking yourself apart in the mirror, never going out, never enjoying life, only letting yourself wear the three things in your closet that fit you versus, God forbid, buying a pair of designer jeans that are a size 31 as opposed to 29. Like, who gives a flying rat's ass? Are there women out there that buy a size 2 or a size negative 5 or a size 17 waist? Yes, that's never going to be me. My one thigh is 17 inches, okay? <laughs> I'm never going to have a 17 or a 25-inch waist. I don't think I had a 25-inch waist when I was in fifth grade. Some of you that are that small, God bless you. I'm never going to be that. And I'm okay with it. But I am through destroying myself emotionally. I'm through beating myself up. I am not going to be that woman who is going to say, I'm okay, I'm going to be a size 14. Please know, when I say this, 
If you are a size 14, I am not condemning you. I'm making a point here about myself, okay? The last thing I'm going to do is judge anybody for what size they are. Let me be very clear. I don't need to be misrepresenting anything. I'm saying that for me, I'm okay. And I did. I went, Steve and I were getting ready to go out on Sunday. And I said, hold on. And I ran in here into my office and I went on Ann Taylor and I ordered two, I think two or three pairs of shorts and a pair of cropped pants in one size up. And I got over my freaking self because you know what? It's not a hall pass. It doesn't mean I'm saying, Hey, this is where I'm staying. I'm staying at this weight. No, hell no, I'm not. It's going to make me work that much harder, be that much more dedicated, but I'm going to enjoy the process. And if that means that I can put on a pair of shorts and not be wearing my spanks under them and feel comfortable as opposed to feeling fidgety all night, that's worth it. That's going to decrease my stress. That's going to improve my cortisol. That's going to help improve my health. And guess what? That's going to help my weight loss journey. It's all connected. We need to stop thinking we have to be perfect. We need to stop thinking that we'll start living after we reach our weight loss goal. We'll start going out with you know, our significant other or, or putting ourselves on that dating app after we're perfect. Let me tell you, ladies, this. If you're in that place, because I was there for years, I met the love of my life in the most turbulent, chaotic time of my life. I was pretty good with, you know, I was tra- I'd been training with my trainer. So I met him when I was feeling pretty good about myself. But he's been with me through one of the worst experiences that I referenced before, where I got the heaviest I've been in several, several years. And our love and our relationship is stronger than it's ever been. So even though I'd heard from other people that someone that loves you will never view you the way you view yourself, I now see it. I now get it. When you truly love someone else, you love every conceivable part of them. And when they have two steps back, when they're sick, when they're ill, when they're going through something, your love doesn't change. Unconditional love is unconditional love. And we are truly more in love and we're ridiculous. If you hung out with us, you'd be like, oh my God, they're that couple. Like literally, we're so cute. It's ridiculous. We should have books written about us. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm off on a tangent. I really, really, really hope that this show, for those of you that have been doing what I've been doing and hiding in your house and not wanting to go out and not wanting to buy maybe a couple of pairs of bigger clothes so that you're comfortable, so that you can strut your stuff. You know, maybe it's buying more dresses. Maybe you wear more dresses for a while. I wear dresses a lot more. And now I'm starting to get back to the point where, hey, I feel comfortable pulling out my jeans because my jeans are starting to fit. I'm losing inches. I'm on my way. But I'll tell you what, as I'm on my way, I'm going to look fierce and fabulous. And if that means that in the case of my shorts, hey, the shorts that I have that are my normal size that, you know, I've got two, I've got three, three sizes of shorts in my closet right now. One is temporary for right now. I'll be back in the, the other ones. And then those will be too loose probably by the end of the year. That's fine. You know what? I'll donate those. I'll give them to the ladies that clean my house. They get to benefit whenever I start cleaning out my closet. So it's all good. Have a good attitude about what you're doing. Your attitude, your mindset about this weight loss progress process and yourself changes everything. I hope this was helpful for you ladies. I hope you can relate. Please text me. 
um, private message me on Instagram. Tell me how this resonated with you. Tell me how this was helpful. And if you're listening to this and you know other women, and I know you do, pass this show on to them. Have them subscribe, whether you're on iTunes, if you're listening on Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you're listening, make sure you subscribe, pass it on to your friends. Of course, I would love, love, love it. If you give us a five-star review, that helps the show get seen and heard by more women who can benefit. But pass it on to your friends. I want more women to, like, let's get comfortable talking about this stuff because all of us can make such progress if we stop beating ourselves up and putting our lives out, you know, until, until. Let's do, let's like embrace who we are now and start strutting our stuff now because damn it, you deserve it. Amen. Can I get an amen? That's all I have to say. I'll see you next time on The Kelly O Show.